Hey everyone, Donald Wine here from Stars and Stripes FC, and this is the 12th episode of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. There is some soccer news out there related to U.S. soccer and American soccer, but we are going to leave all of that for another day. To be honest, there are bigger, more important things that have been affecting me and the world for the last few weeks that have weighed on my mind. So today's episode is going to be emotional. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be raw. But it's important that I get my thoughts off my chest and that we have the talk that American soccer fans need to have. And I'm talking about racism, police brutality, and more related to this podcast, how soccer can't truly be the beautiful game it's defined as until we dress racism. I couldn't do a podcast last week. I'm a black American man who's had to deal with the weight of the world crushing us physically, mentally, and emotionally in the aftermath of several incidents involving unarmed black people being targeted or killed by white cops and white people in America. The toll it has taken on me was too powerful to overcome. And I, quite frankly, just didn't have the strength to talk about it. Sports is an escape from the trials and tribulations of the real world, if only for a couple of hours. This past week, and really the past three weeks, watching the Bundesliga, the Costa Rican League, the K-League, and even the Belarusian Premier League, it just hasn't hit the same. It hasn't provided that escape because the emotional weight that black people have had to carry their entire lives has finally broken our backs. I, I wrote an essay last weekend. It was a manuscript that literally took me six years to write. If you're inclined to read it, it's posted on my Twitter account at DW. It was painful to write. It was painful to relive some of these talks and these experiences and these feelings. I wasn't just scared to put it out in the world. I was terrified. It's a raw account. It, it highlights just a few of the many things that I've had to experience in my life or that I have to deal with. And the worst part of everything is that going through every situation in a day perfectly may still not be enough to escape racism or even death because someone doesn't think I belong or sees my skin color and sees less than a human being. It's why these protests all around the world have taken flight to scream out what we've been screaming out our whole lives. Black lives matter. Now, when I say those three words, black lives matter, some of you out there may think that's political. But to say that it is a political statement is to admit to yourself and to the world that you think my mere existence as a black man on this planet is nothing more than something to accrue political points. My existence is not a piece of legislation because our presence on this earth predates everyone else. Everyone. But because people can look in the Constitution and see that black people were reduced 
to the worth of three-fifths of a person initially. Because before that, we were viewed solely as the property of another. That same thinking has snaked its way all the way to 2020. To a point where us screaming out and saying, we exist. We're people. We deserve to be heard. Black lives matter. That message is drowned out by all lives matter. I don't see color. That doesn't affect me. It affects all of us. It affects every single one of us. And for years, we have had to fight to better our lives only for it to be taken away from us because of a system based on racist ideals that are meant to keep us down, to keep our worth in the eyes who hold power and who view us as less than that of a human being reduced to being an animal or a thug or another word that is used to express that we're on the level of dirt. We have been on the front lines of every single movement meant to uplift various communities in our society, to call attention to all injustices, even within our community. And still, when we cry out, our, verse, our voices aren't heard. Our message isn't recognized as valid or worth attention. Even worse, people stay silent when they hear or see something they know is wrong. They dismiss it. They don't think it pertains to them. They don't think it's a big deal or they think it'll blow over. We can't stay silent anymore. America isn't easy for anyone. Okay, We all wake up having to do what we need to do to provide a good life for us and, and our loved ones. However, for me, I grow up in a society where the fact that I'm black automatically makes it harder. It means I'm showing up on Monday for a race that began on Friday. And no matter how fast I may be, I can never catch up. I can never be fully on the same level. My voice may be loud in the stands or in a bar watching game, but it may never truly be accepted. We have to do better as a nation. We have to do better as a world. During the Ferguson protests back in 2014, I was talking with my father about it, and we were literally coming up with anything, everything that Michael Brown could have done to make it home alive. And in the end, we knew that that system isn't meant to protect us. It's not meant to provide justice for us. And then my dad said something I will never forget the rest of my life. He said his main goal in life was to live 30 more years so that I only had to go 30 more years unprotected from the world. He was 63 at the time. I was 32. So today he's hoping he can make it to his mid nineties, that my mom can make it to her mid nineties so that they can be around to ensure that I, who at that point would be in my sixties, wouldn't have to live very long unprotected among the world. That's a heavy burden for any father, any mother, any son, any daughter. They're trying to live to protect me. I'm trying to live so they don't have to. That's the burden we carry every day. And on top of that, we have a pandemic that even in itself is displaying its racism. It kills a much disproportionately higher percentage of black people than any other group. Still, we have to get up, prepare ourselves for the world, carry all that pain, that anger, that stress, that sadness. And when we go to work and do our jobs to the best of our ability, 
and someone comes up and says, how are you this morning? We go, I'm cool. I'm okay. I'm not cool. I'm not okay. I'm sick and I'm tired. I'm emotionally, physically, and mentally broken from all of this. And it's all right for me to express that. I am warmed by everyone who is out in the streets fighting for justice, fighting for equality, fighting for me and my family and my people. However, do I know if this is going to be the turning point in how we deal with race in this country and breaking down this, this, the, the systemic racism that plagues it? Nope. I hope it is. Because hope has been the only thing we can pass down from parent to child, grandparent to grandchild. Hope. I hope I get to see that day. My fear is it is too late for me. I hope that all of us out there can continue to say their names. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Trayvon Martin, Amadou Diallo, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, Oscar Grant, Philando Castile. The list goes on and on and on. I hope their names become more than just trending hashtags. However, my biggest fear is not that my life could be taken away and become another name that's a hashtag. My biggest fear is that I'm taken from this world and there is no hashtag. We'll get into how soccer needs to embrace this movement and finally address the racism in the sport after this break. Here on the Stars and Stripes FC podcast, we are talking about racism in America, and now we are going to shift towards racism in soccer. I'll start out by saying it has been great to see so many teams, players, and other soccer organizations, leagues come out with statements speaking out against racism in society and the sport. It has been uplifting to hear the stories of some of the black players in the sport and what they go through on a regular basis, what they hear from fans, players, coaches on and off the field, what people have the audacity to write on the internet or do to them if they see them on the street. I'm appreciative of the non-black players who have also spoken up about it to say that enough is enough, that this is wrong and that we need to do something to rid the world of racism. However, The onus is on everyone to make sure that the statements and the shows of support that these clubs and organizations and even players are making are not just performative. Make sure those statements are not just performative. Press your club to make the wholesale changes needed to make it better and to make this game more inclusive of black voices and faces. Push your supporters group to have these uncomfortable conversations and address the hierarchy that silences black voices, but attempts to promote them solely for color purposes and to eliminate racist people from their leadership and from the sections. Challenge your leagues to implement real consequences for teams whose fans exhibit racism towards a player on the field. There are way too many instances of racism and homophobia on the field and in the stands and too often is dismissed, swept under the rug. In some instances, it's the fans that will make excuses for it and put pressure on the player to accept the racism 
accept the apology and pretend it doesn't affect them. They're told to stick to sports, not use their platform to address the ugly in the world, and be told that they're there merely to provide entertainment to others. Syria literally had a stretch of a few months last fall where every single weekend there was another incident of racism creeping into the game. It was a few months of several. And it's not something that we can just look at the TV and say, it only happens over there. It happens in every country, every league, even here in the United States. And we cannot allow it to happen any longer. We as fans, we as a soccer community, cannot allow players or spectators who experience the worst of the world to stand alone to deal with it. We need to stand alongside them to call out the racism that is targeted at them, confront it, stomp it out, and remove those people from our game. Leagues need to step up and make teams confront the racist elements of their fan base with harsh consequences. We don't need penalties that discourage racism. We need penalties that cripple it and any team who dares embrace it. Points deductions, closed-door matches for half a season or even a full season, fines in the tens of millions of dollars. If a supporters group hides them or defends them, disband them permanently. Get them out of there. Ban people who commit racist acts for life. Ban players who commit racist acts for life. Show us that you're really about what you're saying in these social media posts. If we can't do that, then the beautiful game can no longer be considered beautiful. I want to challenge everyone listening to my voice and the pain that's located within it to be the voice of change in your community. Stand up, speak up and out, and let your voice join others in calling for the change we've been seeking for a long time. I'm going to continue to do my part to speak up, to press these clubs and these leagues and these organizations to do better to be better, but we can't do it alone. We need your help. We're tired. We're sick. We're sad. We're angry. We're emotional. We are mentally and physically broken. We need your help. There's so much more I could say, but to gather the strength to do it is it's just impossible right now. So we're going to leave it here for this week. We have the Premier League coming back next week. There's big news in the world of U.S. soccer that's happening right now that we will discuss down the road as well. But where I lack the energy and the strength now, I hope that these words maybe will give you pause, focus, and the strength needed to carry on during these difficult times and to make it so that our game and our world can truly be as beautiful as we described. Until next week, take care.